Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy back. We had him just on a week ago, but I said I had to bring him back because we barely scratched the surface. It's John Paul Mac Isaac. He is the guy who had the repair shop in uh, in Delaware that Hunter Biden dropped his laptop uh, his laptop off at, and um, and eventually never came back to reclaim it. It became the shop's laptop. And when he started to look through his new laptop that he has because the guy didn't pick it up, he realizes there's some really, really uh, insidious stuff on here, stuff that probably can affect national security. The book that he has is called American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. It's John Paul Mac Isaac. Uh, John Paul, good to see you again. Thanks. Hey, thanks for having me on the show again. So last time I just wa- I encapsulated where we were. You got it at, at the shop. It was Hunter Biden. You actually talked back and forth with Hunter Biden that you needed an external hard drive or something to get some information off of it, uh, so on and so forth, or for the other laptop that he brought in that he wanted the stuff off of. E- either way, this was him. This was his laptop. You had communication with him since then. Never picked it up. By store policy, you end up keeping it. Um, and then when you found out what was on it and you saw what was going on in the country, you knew that the, this was something that had to go to the authorities. You, you gave it to your dad, a guy who, Air Force, right? 30 years? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you gave it to your dad. He tried to give it to the FBI and they all but like interrogated him and said, we don't want it. And mm-hmm. that's basically what it was. And then you thought to yourself, Wait, there's something fishy going on if the intelligence people don't want it. And you made a dead man switch. I want to take it from there, um, where basically you feared for your life because you knew of, of the, the stuff that was involved here. Joe Biden was involved. The election was going on. Um, the FBI doesn't want it. And you started to fear for your life. And the dead man switch was what? You gave it to a friend of yours to do something in case something happened to you. Yeah. And uh, in, in the book, I explained that my friend Kristen was uh, basically kind of in the same boat I was, kind of an introvert and kept to ourselves. And, and uh, I, I knew she would be supportive of me. We have been friends for quite a while. Uh, so I approached her and said, hey, can you hold on to this? Keep an eye on me. If something should happen to me, I need you to hand deliver this manila envelope. And inside that envelope was a copy of the drive and a letter to Rudy Giuliani, basically saying, look, you know, if, if you get this, if you if I disappear, come find me. Here, right. here's, here's a copy of the drive. Here's an envelope. Uh, here's a letter. Here's pertinent information. Come and come and get me if I've been thrown in a hole. Why was why was Rudy the guy, John Paul? Was it because he was a lawyer for Trump? Was it because he was a former prosecutor? He's America's mayor. Why was he the guy? Well, I mean, the FBI said lawyer up. Uh, I couldn't think of any other lawyer that was more uh, in tune with what the Bidens were up to in Ukraine. I believe during that summer in 2019, he was actually boots on the ground in Ukraine he researching was. Uh, what the uh, former vice president was up to at the time. So I figured he was the right person to go to. Plus, he was an attorney for the president of the United States. Uh, I had little idea that 10 months later, I would, uh, after trying to give it to the FBI, eventually succeeding to give it to the FBI, having them do nothing with it. And then on my attempts to get it to members of Congress, and they didn't listen, eventually that copy of the drive would be the copy that would uh, I would overnight to Bob Costello, who was Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. What's interesting, and, and again, it's John Paul Mac Isaac. Go get his book. It's called American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. What's interesting about that is that when the FBI raided uh, Rudy's either home or office, um, the, he said, here's the drive. And guess what? They told him they didn't want it then either. They just did not want to put hands on this drive. Uh, what, do you think it was because that, that would give them plausible deniability or if they actually had hands on, they had to investigate it? But why do you think they kept on saying no to your dad, to you, to Rudy, to everybody? The FBI did not want it. You know, I, I'm convinced still to this day, and I think with the whistleblowers that we've seen come out, that the whole FBI 
isn't corrupt. There are some individuals. Unfortunately, the people that were on the lookout, the people that were actively protecting the Bidens, they intercepted uh, my efforts to get this laptop to the authorities. Wow. And, and they are probably the ones involved with uh, searching Rudy's house. And they're probably the ones involved with uh, Mar-a-Lago. So, you know, it's, it's probably the same people. Again, I still have faith in the agency. I just don't trust them. No, I get it, because the hierarchy is really what the problem is. Those running the DOJ, that's the problem. You're right. There are FBI whistleblowers coming out all the time. I had one on a couple of days ago, and these people are serious about stopping crime, stopping you know, uh, child pornography, stopping sex trafficking, and they're being told to focus on January 6th, or they're being told to, to scare you. So that doesn't make any sense to me. For those who didn't see us last week, uh, the FBI, uh, your dad tried to give it to them, what, September of 19? It was October 9th, 2019. They ended up taking it in December. Uh, I guess under pressure, they took it and they sat on it. Uh, it, there was, uh, it looked as though, from the information coming out, there was an entire section of the FBI that was in charge of not doing anything with this laptop. And then, uh, I'm guessing you start hearing that 51 either former or current intelligence agents say, this is Russian disinformation. What goes through your mind then? Well, I had some suspicions that there were other agencies besides the FBI that were running interference for the Biden right. campaign. Um, there, there was, a, a Joseph Kofer Black who, uh, Hunter got on the board of directors, uh, for Burisma. Right. So it's kind of, if, if being on the board of directors for Burisma is a reward for doing something for these rich oligarchs, it begs the question, what did he do? And he was the uh, deputy chief of uh, the CIA under, uh, Clinton and then, uh, counterterrorism under Bush. And right. then he went on to Blackwater. So this is, this guy is like born and bred intelligence uh, community hierarchy. I right. mean, this guy's been in the industry a long time, and that's could be a possible connection there. It's It scared me when 51 intelligence experts were willing to take their credibility their, and their integrity and their credentials and throw them completely out the window to la jump on board this whole Russian disinformation narrative, which... We're going to prove false, and hopefully they're going to be punished accordingly. And, and by your feeling, by your thoughts, and by what I've seen, these people all had to know they were lying. They, they couldn't really believe this was Russian disinformation. Oh, absolutely. I, I've always kind of had this picture in my head of a pyramid, and those 51 intelligence experts were the foot soldiers. They were the, the, the bottom run of the this cabal or deep state. Yes. And they gladly fell on their swords to, to get a slot on CNN later on life. Actually, I think a handful of them moonlight on CNN and MSNBC. So they were probably uh, getting uh, ready to do a career change anyway. So it was easy for them to give up their credibility. A lot of them got those jobs that you're talking about. American injustice, my battle to expose the truth is John Paul Mac Isaac, uh, the guy who ran the, the Mac shop. He didn't ask for any of this, but that laptop was dropped literally in his lap and he ended up keeping it because uh, Hunter Biden never came back to get it. When we, the public, didn't know all of this stuff that was going on, we knew very little about what was going on other than they were claiming it wasn't his or they were claiming that it was stolen. They were claiming that, that, that uh, the information is, is just not true, but we knew that it was true publicly when you gave word that Hunter's attorneys contacted you asking for it back. When did that happen? Well, October 13th, 2020, so the night before the New York Post ran the story, I get a phone call in my shop from George Maceres, who was Hunter's lawyer at the time, and he asked me if uh, Hunter had uh, left a laptop with me, and he said he thinks uh, Hunter dropped it off uh, sometime in 2017. So I kind of 
knew he was off, but I did what the FBI told me to do. The FBI told me to, uh, if somebody came looking for the laptop, I was to stall them. I was to say that it was in an offsite location. Uh, give me a couple days. If you could get my, um, give me an email, shoot me an email with your credentials so that I know that you're authorized to represent the customer. Uh, send that over and then I'll go search tomorrow. I'll give you a ring. Wow. And I hung up the phone and then instead of texting agent Mike from the FBI, like he told me to, I called Bob Costello and said, uh, I'm in trouble. Uh, I think, uh, I think Hunter's lawyer knows Hunter's lawyer was uh, very specific. He said, uh, are you still on the backside of trolley square? And that night I did not go home. I was, uh, he, he let me know that I, he knew where I lived or knew where I worked. So, uh, that night I, I got an Uber and I went to a friend's house and I didn't sleep well that night. Smart. I mean, uh, obviously, this was a scare tactic, but it was also an admission that, yes, we know that it's his. Uh, oh, crap, we know what's on it. We need to get this back. And, and that's got to be a scary phone call. It's John Paul Mac, guys, that get this book, American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. Uh, it is out. Uh, it's out now. It's been out since November, so you can go and grab it and find all the details. I can't skip over this part because I'm kind of that guy. It says that you were mistreated by the FBI, and you've told me some of that mistreatment. John Paul... Uh, it says that you also dated an FBI agent. What am I, where, where did this come in? Was this during all this? Was this before this? Was it after this? What is this all about? So about uh, a couple weeks after I had given my uncle and my father, again, my father's a retired colonel in the Air Force, my uncle also a retired colonel in the Air Force, because at this time, and we're talking late winter, so February of 2020, right. I was still desperate in keeping my identity a secret, keeping my business intact, and uh, – so I sent my father and my uncle to reach out to members of Congress. And after about a week of doing that, um, and probably about a, a week or two before the COVID lockdowns, uh, a young lady walked into my life and uh, came into the shop needing service. Uh, when the lockdowns took place, uh, we were kind of isolated. She was stuck in Pennsylvania. I'm stuck in Delaware. Yeah. And uh, we got to know each other. Um, and that's when I found out that she was a a, a former F she worked for the FBI. She was an analyst. Um, that kind of caught me off guard, <laughs> uh, but I didn't think much of it. And, uh, you know, I, I, unfortunately I have a soft spot for uh, very strong, creative, strong willed liberal women. So okay. um, I obviously kept my activities a complete secret from her. Um, and then one day in August, uh, about mid August, she came over and said uh, she was really excited because she got put on a uh, disinformation board to go over all the oh, no. disinformation regarding Hunter Biden and Burisma and the Biden family. And I tried desperately to stop my jaw from dropping. Right. And, uh, kind of, she even called me on it like if I was okay, because I think I froze like a deer in headlights. Because all of a sudden the thought's like, wait a second, could she have been some form of handler? No, right. Uh, I mean, from the very beginning, now now everything goes back into your, into your memory banks. You're like, this wasn't a coincidence. This this was something from the beginning. Was it truly, John Paul? Was this truly a coincidence? That it it was enough of a coincidence for me to uh, put a put a pretty big wall up and, and oh, guard, guard myself and my feelings. And unfortunately, it didn't take long for the relationship to deteriorate rapidly. Um, and you know, I'm. It's unfortunate, but I'll never know. If, what are the uh, chances? I know. It was very odd, and I thought the timing was definitely off. Um, and who knows? You know, if, if the FBI wanted to keep an eye on me, they kind of they knew what I was attracted to. I mean, that, that was really – I mean, 
I, I can't believe that's going. Hopefully, you'll find out yes or no whether it was uh, a setup or or wasn't a setup. That that's wild, though. John Paul Mac Isaac is his name. The book is called American Injustice: My Battle to Expose the Truth. I saw a snippet from another interview, and uh, something was alluded to that you were looking through the laptop, and there appeared to be some information that led you to believe that. Somebody needs to die. Somebody uh, that either Hunter Biden or somebody in that email set or in the in the in the text messages, it was about getting rid of or taking care of somebody. What was that all about? Well, so I n- I've never really felt too comfortable about talking about the contents of the laptop with anybody other than authorities. Gotcha. Uh, I think it was a, a reaction to, and I still feel this way when people say that, oh, well, the Biden family would never hurt you. Hunter would never do anything to you. Um, you you had no fear, you no legitimate fear for your safety. And unfortunately, that's not true. I read a, an interaction between Hunter and a bouncer at a club. Uh, he had been previously thrown out by another bouncer, um, kind of rudely grabbed by the neck and thrown to the curb. And he was talking to the other bouncer, demanding to get his name so he could have him killed. Wow. And he was pretty persistent about it. And it kind of put a, a shiver down my spine because... Here's a guy that just grabbed him by the neck and threw him to the curb and it obviously embarrassed him. And I couldn't imagine what Hunter would do to the guy that is perceived to air out his dirty laundry. Unbelievable. I I was... I was not, uh, it made me very uneasy. Well, I can imagine. And, and it turns out all of your fears and all of your concerns are absolutely true. As we find out more about what was on that hard drive, and I know a lot of it because I'm friends with Rudy and with Bernie Carrick, um, when you find out what's on there, there is what Rudy calls a RICO case against an organized crime family in the Biden family, from his brother to his son to his, his sister. I mean, right down the line, these are not good people. If what we know is on the hard drive is, in fact, fact, and, and it is, that's why the lawyer wanted it back. So all of this goes on. The New York Post is going to is going to put the story up the next day. When did you find out that that story was squelched, that, that they censored it everywhere on Facebook, on Twitter? You couldn't put it anywhere. None of the mainstream media was going to cover it. So that story, they were forcing it to go away. What did you think? Well, it was 6.30 in the morning. I had been hitting refresh on the New York Post website, right. and finally the article broke. And I think by nine o'clock, all discussion and conversation on Twitter and on Facebook was either completely silenced or severely repressed. And I was just amazed because I, I know a little bit about technology and how this stuff works. And I know that this didn't happen organically. Um, there wasn't a meeting that was held to discuss this amongst the different fact checkers. This was something that was coordinated and and was a switch that got flicked at about nine o'clock in the morning on Monday or on that Wednesday. So right. uh, it was for me, that's when I realized that this was a hell of a lot bigger than just me. Like this was way beyond me and my personal quest for my safety and, and protection. This was a collaborative uh, collusion between our federal agencies and our mainstream and social media to not only block a story, but also prevent the truth from getting out and replacing that story with this whole Russian narrative. And I'm a hacker and a stooge of Putin. And that was just that 
happened so quickly that could not have been anything other than orchestrated. Yeah, well, I mean, I could, I literally could not direct message you on Twitter with the story link. That's how deep this went. And mm-hmm. over the past couple of weeks, you've been vindicated. People like me who have been blacklisted and ghost banned, I've been vindicated. But in the past couple of weeks, we found out that everything you just said to me is true. That they colluded to get rid of the New York Post story. That they suspended the account of the New York Post. You couldn't DM it. When you see that come out, does it make you feel a little bit better that, that the public now knows that everything you've said from day one has been true? I'm vindicated in in some aspects, but the simple fact that the mainstream media continues to not discuss this and, and, and touch on this story. This is a huge story. This is the largest tool the left has to influence their followers. Yes. And it has been taken over by a person that respects freedom of speech. And... They should be reporting this, and they're not. So it's almost like Hunter Biden repression 2.0. Yeah. They're they're refusing to talk about the story. I don't know what the end game is. I mean, it's it seemed like last year or last winter when the Washington Post admitted that the laptop was real, even up until recently when CBS did a forensic analysis on a copy from my lawyer that came back that this is 100% real and this is what the FBI has, so what's not, why, why is nothing happening? Right. Uh, and, and so we've seen this gradual admission over the past year that it's real and it's not Russian, but they're not covering this now. They're not covering the collusion that, that I think is the bigger story. Thank you so, so much for standing up for the truth. And by getting this story out there, more people will understand exactly what happened in 19 and 20 and what may happen now that the House is going to the Republicans. John Paul Mac Isaac, get the book. It's called American Injustice, My Battle to Expose the Truth. Thanks for coming back on. And I hope to talk to you in the, in the New York, okay? Absolutely. Thank you again for the opportunity and have a great weekend and have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you too, John Paul. Thank you. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks. I appreciate uh, John Paul Mack. Isaac coming back on the program. You'll see that entire interview tonight. I'll put it up on Rumble. We'll put some pieces of it here and there as well. Make sure you're following on all the social media by stopping at JoePags.com, JoePags.com. Click on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Getter, Truth Social, JoePags over there. Go check it out. The short videos where I say come on at the end are generally speaking on Instagram. Go to Instagram.com, put in Joe Talk Show, and I'm putting some of them over on YouTube, Joe Pags Radio. Keep it here. Coming back. Joe Pags.